Data is the new oil. Webb also points out that Google's future is secured by its central and ever-growing role in data mining. Google will be harvesting brand new biological data through the upcoming warp speed surveillance system. And in September 2020, Google partnered with the Pentagon to develop predictive diagnostics for cancer using AI, which they intend to extend to other diseases as well, including COVID-19. There's this big push to create an all-powered artificial intelligence algorithm in order to enable a lot of the functioning functionality that they want to impose in smart cities and these other initiatives they've been putting forth. In order to do that, they need to access data. That's why we've heard over the past couple of years that data is the new oil. It feeds back into this race to develop the greatest AI algorithm. This is very concerning when you look at the National Security Commission on AI objectives. They say the only way to maintain U.S. global military hegemony and also economic hegemony is to harvest more data than any of their adversary states from Americans in order to be able to develop a better AI algorithm before China can do the same. That's what these very powerful and influential organizations are saying. And if they and if you actually look at their documents, they essentially say that there needs to be a total remaking of Americans way of life to facilitate that type of data abstraction from a smaller population than the Chinese population. For example, more data needs to be harvested per American citizen in order to facilitate that leapfrogging of China's artificial intelligence. So there is a lot of concern about it, but I think a lot of people have declined to look at these commissions and institutions and what their thought process is and where they're going is nowhere good. It's essentially pointing to tyranny tyranny in a technocratic system that's not even governed by humans. It's governed by an algorithm created by man. So obviously, it it's a can of worms they're attempting to open. And the people that are behind this, whether the military and intelligence agencies, when they work in complete secrecy like they are in warp speed, they're historically up to no good. Historically, they ruthlessly pursue their own ambitions at the expense of American interests. It's definitely worth considering all these things. Bioterror predictions. Based on her research, Webb suspects there will be another phase to the COVID pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic, some sort of bioterror event, likely before April 2021. I don't have a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the plans there. If you look at the people that predicted the coronavirus crisis before it happened, they were also immediately positioned to benefit from the crisis as it emerged. Bill Gates, for example, in April, said that the coronavirus crisis is pandemic one and will be followed by pandemic two, which would be a bioterror event. And the way to respond to this pandemic two would be to do the same things, the same types of preparations you would do for bioterrorism. That's straight from Bill Gates. Gates also frequently talked about the need to merge international security, U.S. foreign policy with health security, as he calls it, and essentially merge the war on terror with a war on bioterror. She points out that event 201 held by Gates, the World Economic Forum and John Hopkins in October 2019 featured a novel coronavirus. Was it really a coincidence that a novel coronavirus outbreak occurred 10 weeks later? Dark winter, the signal for, anth for an anthrax-related event. An earlier, an earlier tabletop pandemic exercise was done in June 2001. Simulation called Dark Winter predicts, predicted major aspects of the subsequent 2001 anthrax attack. During the last presidential debate, the Democratic nominee Joe Biden stated that the U.S. is headed for a dark winter, an unusual phase, a usual phrase that raised questions among some commentators. Before that, the former head of Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, BARDA, testified in front of Congress saying that the winter was going to be the darkest in modern U U.S. history. Somehow, many plans actually 
seem to be signaled beforehand. If you're keen enough to pick up the cues, interestingly, interestingly, with regard to the dark winter reference and its anthrax connection, the John Hopkins Center for Health Security has a sister organization at UPMC, University of Pennsylvania Medical Center, called the UPMC Center for Biosecurity in Pennsylvania. They're currently under the guise of coronavirus vaccine research, attempting to fuse anthrax with the coronavirus spike protein. They are also attempting to do the same for measles. Those are essentially gain-of-function studies. The person that runs their Center for Vaccine Research at UPMC is a major proponent of the gain-of-function studies. And when there was a gain-of-function moratorium, he was, he was its most vocal opponent and was given all these talks to government officials about how it needed to be lifted. What's very odd about what's going on at, at UPMC is that it's beginning in, in the beginning of the year, they were set to produce what could have easily been the first coronavirus vaccine, a COVID-19 vaccine candidate, but it used traditional and tested vaccination methods that are already on the market. Oddly enough, after that has made some headlines, UPMC received a lot of money from the CP, CEPI, the Coalition of for Epidemic Preparedness and Innovations, which of course is backed by Gates and as soon as that money was received, the vaccine candidate was quietly dropped. In its place were the experiments to merge measles with coronavirus spike protein and then merge anthrax with that same spike protein. Dark winter may not mean much to the mainstream American public, but it certainly means something to the national security community. And when they hear that term being thrown around on TV, and then you have Bill Gates saying that after the coronavirus pandemic, there's going to be a bioterror attack. You also have <clears throat> the Council of Europe, a very influential and elitist think tank in Europe, saying that coronavirus will be followed by bioterror. High-ranking former CIA officials are also saying it. A lot of people, a lot of the people involved in Dark Winter in the biodefense industry complex, which was created after the 2001 anthrax attacks, are all saying the same thing. We really need to start listening to these people, of course. They advance, have a narrative they create, not unlike the Dark Winter 2001 exercise itself, which initially claimed that the anthrax attacks were committed by Iraq working with Al-Qaeda. And then, lo and behold, it's traced to the U.S. military <clears throat> at Fort Detrick. So, so obviously, it did not come from Iraq or from Al-Qaeda, which you have now are attempts to see the similar narrative about who will be blamed for events upcoming in the future. They set it up on purpose, I would argue, so that when the events take place, people are more receptive to the predetermined narratives about the particular crisis and don't immediately start questioning what could have happened. Yeah. I mean... You see what happened with 9-11, okay? All these restrictions. You see what happened with the uh, the COVID-19 situation. Again, more restrictions, more control. And you just need a, the right type of crisis to put even more restrictions. They essentially want these events to take place. They want to ramp up fear. They want to conveniently tack blame to something very quickly before an actual thorough investigation can take place. That's what we saw in the aftermath of September 11 and also in the aftermath of 2001 anthrax attacks. Be ready, but not fearful. If you listen to the interview in its entirety, you'll have a good idea of why I'm impressed with Webb's investigative skills. It's important to become educated about what's really happening so that you don't capitulate to the fear they're seeking to imbue in us. It's a fearful public that allows the technocratic elite to dictate the future and rip away our personal freedoms. It's fear that allows tyranny to flourish. Remember, there are more of the, see, here we go. There are more of us than there are of them, but enough of us must be willing to stand up and say, no, we won't accept this plan. I'm sorry, that's not gonna happen. Once people's food, their place of work, their place where they live is being threatened. If you don't do such and such, you will lose your right to where the 
um, to buy food, to provide for yourself, to pay the rent, to pay the mortgage, people are going to bow. It's just human nature. Or if you don't give up the people who are, you know, against our initiative, you're going to lose your home, your house. They'll give them up. I'm telling you, man, this is on the road to the mark of the beast. It's just, it's there. It's there. On another level, being aware of the plan allows you to plan for your own safety and security ahead of time. So you're not running around in a panic when something does happen. As the old adage says, being forewarned is being forearmed. Okay. To find more of Webb's work, be sure to check out her website, unlimitedhangout.com. You'll also find her videos by searching BitChute. And she has her own podcast channel called Unlimited Hangout on Rockin', rockfin.com. Warp Speed can also be Warp Speed reporting can also be found on the last American Vagabond.com. At present, Webb is also on Twitter at Whitney Webb. Twitter at Whitney Webb. All right. <clears throat> Dana Ashley reveals Trump's hypocrisy. Before the election, Trump said Hillary Clinton should go to jail. After the election, he said that we owe her a major debt of gratitude for her service to our country. As we can see before, as we could see, Democrats and Republicans are not enemies. They are friends. They act like enemies in public, but are friends behind closed doors. All right. It's just it's like wrestling. It's fake. OK, it's just a political version. Furthermore, an election can have been rigged, according to the computer programmer who testified before Congress. Eugene Curtis states in 2000, the company who works he works for has developed a program to change the vote count in the election computer. Dana Ashley said Dana is a devoted um, Christian who um, is a devoted Christian. So she tosses in her interpretation of revelation. I'm not a Christian. And I don't agree with her predictions. However, I find her research to be sound. And so I have included her video near the end of the video. She has a story about how 5G in the school adversely affected a student who now can hardly walk or talk. 5G technology can transmit many different frequencies. One can produce COVID-19 symptoms. Others can cause neurological damage and, uh, and another can cause death. The Trump administration fast-tracked the deployment of 5G months ago. She also reveals that the slogan, Make America Great Again, or MAGA, is the name used for a person that is in the highest level of the satanic hierarchy. The slogan was also used by Clinton and Reagan. Amen. I've said it. You know, MAGA, that is the uh, the highest title that can be given to somebody within Satanism. Okay. All right. Here's some books to read about Trump. Too much and never enough. All right. How <clears throat> about a person... Let's see. Yep, too much and never enough. Okay, Donald Trump, experts from the book. In this relatively authoritative portrait of Donald J. Trump and the toxic family that made him, Mary L. Trump, a trained clinical psychologist, and Donald Trump's only niece shines a bright light on the dark history of their family in order to explain how her uncle became the man who threatens the world's health economic security and social fabric wow mary trump spent much of her childhood in her grandparents large imposing house in the heart of queens new york where donald and his four siblings grew up she describes a nightmare of traumas destructive relationships and a tragic combination of neglect and abuse she explains how specific events and general family patterns created the damage man who currently occupies the Oval office including the strange and harmful relations between fred trump and his two oldest sons Fred Jr. and Donald. Other books that are critical of Trump are The Cult of Trump. A leading cult expert explains how the president uses mind control. You ever notice how uh, when he's when he's uh, doing these speeches, when he's talking on the podium, he's always doing the corner, the devil hand sign. One like Anton LaVey. Look him up. Look and and find out what he says about doing the uh, corner sign. It's kind of, if you don't know what that is, it's the Spider-Man. When he does that flip with his web. Or Doctor Strange comic books when he does those spells, that's the corner sign. A 
according to October or 15th, 2019 article by Stephen Hassan, the cult of Trump is an accessible and in-depth analysis of the president showing that under the right circumstances, even sane, rational, well-adjusted people can be persuaded to believe the most outrageous ideas. Authoritarian nightmare Trump and his followers by John W. Dean and Bob Altenmayer, August 25th, 2020, relying on social science findings and psychological diagnostic tools such as the power made scale and the con man scale, as well as research analysis from the Mammoth University Polling Institute on America, one of America's most respected public opinion research foundations. The authors provide us with an eye opening and understanding of Trump, the Trump phenomenon and how we may be able to stop it. Tower of Lies. What My 18 Years of Working with Donald Trump Reveals About Him, November 30th, 2020, by Barbara A. Reese. Barbara A. Reese worked directly with Donald Trump for 18 years, some of the biggest projects, and he had nearly unlimited access to them. To him, Trump selected Reese to be in charge of the construction of Trump Tower, his greatest success as the developer. In this insider's look at how the ambitious real estate developer became the most divisive president in recent U.S. history. Reese takes us into the closed doors, meetings, boardrooms, and limo rides and helicopter flights to really understand what makes him tick and shows us why his claim to be a great dealmaker and savvy businessman is just a mirage. Unholy, why white evangelicals worship at the altar of Donald Trump. May 26, 2020, by Sarah Posner. On terrifying detail, Unholy illustrates how a vast network of white Christian nationalists plotted the authoritarian takeover of the American democratic system. There is no more timely book than this one. Janet Reitman, author of Inside Scientology. Why did so many evangelicals turn to out to vote for Donald Trump, a serial philanderer with questionable conservative credentials who seems to defy Christian values with his very utterance? To a reporter like Sarah Posner, who has been covering the religious right for decades, the answer turns out to be far more intuitive than one might think. Okay. Here's another reason why Trump can't be trusted. A tweet from Justin Amash. On Thursday, Donald Trump quietly renewed the, the national emergency declared by GWB 19 years ago, George W. Bush. Today, this is insane. There is no continuing emergency related to the 9-11 attacks. But there is a continuing use of 9-11 as a pretext of the president and Congress to abuse power. Okay. QAnon is a fake imitation of a healthy revolutionary impulse. Article dated Thursday, 20th, August 2020, 4.25 p.m. This is opinion. Okay. Today, the U.S. president has moved from tacit endorsement and invading questions on the toxic QAnon PSYOP to directly endorsing and supporting it, telling reporters. I don't know how much about the movement other than I understand they like me very much, which I appreciate, and saying they're just people who love their country and don't like seeing what's happening in places like Portland, Chicago, and New York City. Asked about the, the, the driving theory behind QAnon that Trump is waging a COVID war against a satanic pedophilic baby-eating deep state Trump endorsed the idea but reframed it by saying that he's leading a fight against a radical left philosophy. If I can help save the world from problems, I'm willing to do it. You can't save the world from its problems. It's still going to be there. You could just uh, tone it down. I'm willing to put myself out there, Trump said in response to the query. And we are actually, and we are actually, we're saving the world from the radical left philosophy that will destroy this country. And when this country is gone, the rest of the world will follow. <clears throat> of course, Trump did not claim to be fighting any satanic pedivores because he is doing nothing of the sort, nor is he fighting the deep state. Despite all the virulent narrative spin, he's been fairly conventional Republican president in terms of policy and behavior and all the usual depraved and disgusting ways and has done nothing of note to stand against the unelected power establishment known as the deep state. He absolutely has been brutalizing protesters in places like Portland and attacking socialism in places like Venezuela and Bolivia. Though, <clears throat> though so he can indeed safely admit to that. Well, socialism is, you know, 
<laughs> socialism leads to communism. Okay, I'm sorry. It's 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 not. It never has worked throughout history. If you want to know an example, a perfect example of socialism, look at the history of what it's done to in Russia. Look what it's done. Look what socialism turned into communism in Russia. Look what Venezuela is going through with socialism. You have professors, female professors, who have to turn to prostitution due to socialism in their country. Professors. The disingenuous nature of Trump's endorsement hasn't done anything to dampen the excitement and enthusiasm of QAnoners online, though. You basically confirmed the movement. We, together with the U.S. military, are the saviors of mankind. People say some craziest, the craziest things, man. Okay. I write against QAnon periodically for the exact same reason I write against the plutocratic idea. It's an obvious propaganda construct designed to manufacture support for the status quo among people who otherwise would not support it. It presents itself as an exciting movement where the little guy is finally rising up and throwing off the chains of tyrannical forces, which has been exploiting and oppressing us. Yet in reality, all it's doing is telling a discontented sector of the population to relax and trust the plan and put all their faith in the leader of the U.S. government. <laughs> oh, boy, putting your faith in these presidents, these Freemason Satan worshiping presidents who are not elected they are selected that sounds so nice so nice and that's exactly what makes QAnon so uniquely toxic it's not just that it gets people believing false things which confuse and alienate them it's that it's a fake decoy imitation of what a healthy revolutionary impulse would look like it sells people on important truths that they already intuitively know on some level like the untrustworthiness of mass media and the official elected U.S. government aren't really the ones calling the shots, and we need a great awakening. It takes those vital, truthful, health, healthy, revolutionary impulses, then twists them around into support for a United States president and the agendas of the Republican Party. And now, literally, anytime I speak out against Trump doing something of self-evidently horrible, like orchestrating the extradition of Julian Assange or assassinating Iran's top military official, I get QAnon's adherence in the comments section telling me to relax and trust the plan because this is exactly actually a brilliant strategic maneuver against the deep state any argument against any long-standing evil fox news republican agenda that trump advances has widely promulgated explanation for why it's actually good and beneficial among QAnon crowd a healthy impulse to fight the power is twisted in support for the most unconscious aspects of the ruling power establishment you see healthy impulses twisted and corrupted like this all the time, all across political spectrum. The problem is, is that they're not willing to see that the evil is in both parties, you know, Republican and Democrat. They try to say that, oh, you know, it's the evil Democrats, the Republicans. They're the, No, 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 no. They're both working on the same team. But people refuse to see that. OK. It was the Republican and Democrats that created the crime bill. It's the Republican and Democrats right now that are supporting. The neo-Nazi Ukraine as a neo-Nazi uh, Nazi military Azov battalion. It's the Republicans that are investing. OK. And Democrats into this war. Investing in you know weapon manufacturers like Lockheed Martin and Boeing okay a healthy impulse to fight the power is twisted into support for the most unconscionable aspects of the ruling power establishment you see healthy impulses twisted and corrupted like this all the time all across the political spectrum the healthy impulse to fight racism and bigotry is twisted into support for the warmongering, oppressive, and exploitive Democratic Party, which is nothing but a destructive toward the population it, it pretends to protect. The healthy impulse is to defend the helpless and fight tyranny is railroaded into support of acts of regime change, humanitarian intervention. You can be 100% certain that QAnon is a bunch of lies <laughs> president trump has yet again advanced an evil long-standing agenda of america's depraved intelligence and defense agencies 
So as usual, the QAnon cult is out in force telling everyone not to worry because this is all part of the plan. Ever since WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange was slammed by Trump's Justice Department with a mountain of espionage charges carrying a possible sentence of 175 years in prison, QAnon acolytes have been showing up in my social media mentions with screenshots of a new post from the mysterious 8chan Anon assuring us all that Assange is actually being protected by Trump. The post reads in the typical QAnon cryptic word salad style that adheres often annoyingly imitate when normal people try to engage with them in adult conversation. Under protection, the threat is real. Key to DN, DNC source hack 187Q. I find this subject very tedious and my regular readers aren't generally the type to fall for the short sort of toxic propaganda construct, but I'm putting this information out there anyway as a public service since many people are being deluded by it. If you're one of the, those fortunate enough to be unfamiliar with QAnon phenomenon in October of 2017, odd posts began appearing on the anonymous message board 4chan, which is widely popular with trolls, incels, and racists. Those posts ceased appearing on 4chan and moved to, re to a related site, 8chan, where they continue appearing to this day. The poster purports to have insider knowledge of a secret, silent, and invisible war that President Trump has been waging against the deep state. They try to make Trump, they try to make Trump to be some sort of superhero. Like he knows all and he knows some things. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he knows some things, but he's not <laughs> he's not fighting for the deep against the deep state. He is for it. You're not getting into the presidential Oval Office and you're going to try to overturn the deep state, which is holding up the presidential office. All right. You're going to end up like JFK. Trump is on the side of evil, just like Obama was, just like George Bush, just like, you know. Every other president. That's it. These posts ceased appearing on 4chan and had moved to a related site, 8chan, where they continue appearing to this day. The post reports to having inside knowledge of a secret, silent, and visible that President Trump has been waging against the deep state with the help of the U.S. military and various white hats within the U.S. government and shares snippets about this war with 8chan using extremely vague and garbled posts. Here are some reasons you can absolutely, you can be absolutely 100% certain that it's all a bunch of lies. One. It's always, always excuses Trump's facilitation, facilitation of evil deep state agendas. Okay. I don't generally use the term deep state anymore, mainly because its proper meaning has been distorted by right wingers and Q and cultists. Q cultists, you know, Q cultists, Q and N cultists, to mean basically Democrats and never Trumpers, and by mainstream liberals to mean something like a right wing conspiracy theory about a secret cabal of, you know, Jews who rule the world. But originally the term significantly referred to a concept used for political analysis to describe the undeniable fact that plutocrats and intelligence defense agencies tend to form relations with each other in a way that persists amid the coming and, on, and going of the official elected government. Yeah, I, I couldn't stand that either, man. I can't stand the anti-Semitism. I can't stand it when it's like, you know, it's always, you know, hating Jews and stuff. I couldn't stand that stuff. I just really couldn't. It just got sickening. And they, they got off on that, like making fun of Jews. And yeah, no, 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 no. That's why I never bought into this crap. The Alliance has certain agendas that it has consistently pushed for, many of them involving the advancement of wars, which financially benefited the Plutarchs and which secure geostratic and dominance for the intelligence defense agencies. Trump has been advancing these longstanding agendas with the, with his administration's regime change and intervention against Iran and Venezuela, world threatening new cold war escalations against Russia, military expansions and continuing and expanding of all Bush bombers, war monitoring and Orwellian surveillance programs to campaign to destroy WikiLeaks and imprison Julian Assange for life many other actions which benefit the agenda of global hegemony and the profit margins of war, plutocrats, and every single time Trump advances one of these depraved agendas, I speak out against it, I begin getting angry, 
social media responses from QAnon cultists telling me to calm down and relax, that this is all part of the plan and that Trump is actually doing the exact opposite of what he appears to be doing. <laughs> and when I say every single time, I mean exactly that without a single solitary exception. Okay. Trump supporters are hurting Assange with their 4D chess talk. This is a time where everyone who supports WikiLeaks should be flooring the gas pedal and this don't do anything. Trust the plan. Wait and see. Rhetoric is keeping one foot on the brakes. Oh, boy. Kurdan cultures do this every single time because they have been propagandized into doing so, both by the 8chan Anon they follow and the herd mentality of the community that has fostered it. They begin with their baseless premise that Trump is a righteous warrior against corruption, conclude that everything he does must therefore be righteous maneuver against the deep state corruption, then apply their hive mind to coming up with reasons to believe this. Then they show up in my mentions telling me I'm crazy for feeling for believing Trump is doing the things that he is very plainly and obviously doing. Oh, boy. You don't need to take my words for it. As for writing this right now, you can go to Twitter and search bar and type in Asajj and QAnon and you'll get a bunch of posts explaining that Asajj is under protection, and that imprisoning a longtime target of the CIA and the Pentagon is actually devastating blow to the Wow. Why would the deep state want to keep Assange alive? They would want him deleted. He's exposing all their dirty secrets. Clowns on the left, jokers on the right. You can continue to repeat this exact same experiment every single time. The deep state uh, every single time advance Trump advancing a disgusting warmongering deep state agenda. And every single time you get the same exact results. This to me is reason enough to be absolutely certain that QAnon and the credulous cult, which has sprouted up around its crap. U.S. presidents are regularly, I'm sorry, reliably corrupt warmongers and CIA cronies. So the current president acting like one is not surprisingly or extraordinary okay like i said they get in there they cannot say we're gonna i'm gonna fight for the people no they're gonna they're gonna get that jfk treatment plus they have families they want to stay alive and plus you know they they're for satan that's it Trying to justify a U.S. president doing the sort of thing that all U.S. presidents always do as a total deviation from the norm for U.S. presidents would be a ridiculous thing to, to do, even one time. Doing it every single time is fully discrediting. If it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, you may get you may be excused if you mistook it for a rabbit after one quick glance. But continuing to stare directly at the duck and saying, yeah, that's definitely a rabbit, Look at the long ears over an extended period of time would mean you are a liar. Two, they're always, always, always prove. Oh, I'm sorry. They always, always, always refuse the validity of their position. A year ago, I tweeted out that I was thinking of writing an article about QAnon and Axe's adherence for their very best link screenshots proving its legitimacy. Go ahead and have a read of what kinds of response I got by clicking this hyperlink. If you're curious, no one came remotely close to providing anything like the evidence I'd asked for. With most responses falling along the lines of, you kind of have to just immerse yourself in it over an extended period of time and marinate in it until you believe, which is some sort of response you'll get if you ask a religious proselytizer pro to prove the legitimacy of their religion. I shared the thread again yesterday and got the same response with one QAnon proposal promoter with a fairly large following telling me no amount of evidence can be seen by one choosing to stay blind. This is completely different from the standard conspiracy theories. If you ask a 9-11 truther to prove the legitimacy of their position, they'll instantly be able to produce clear and concise videos and articles for you. And if they actually done their homework, they'll be able to regale you with information about physics, forensics, architectures, chemistry, and plot holes in the official narrative. 
if you ask someone who got theories about the JFK assassination, you'll get a comparable amount of lucidity. Ask a QAnon cultist for the same level of intellectual transparency, and you'll get a bunch of milly mouth gibberish, which will quickly turn into accusations that you're lazy for refusing to do your own research if you keep pressing. This is because there is no actual tangible factual basis for the belief system which has sprouted around QAnon. It begins just like any other religion as a premise of faith, and then adherent to that faith pool their intellectual resources into the task of finding reasons to legitimize that premise. They begin with the premise that Trump is a good and noble savior who is uprooting the source of all of America's, America's problems with strategic maneuvers, which are so brilliant, they look like they're exact opposite of what they are. What they are. Then they let confirmation bias and other kind of biases do the rest of the work for them. Again, you don't need to take my word for this. You can repeat this experiment for yourself. Whenever you encounter a QAnon adherent, either by chance or by seeking them out deliberately, simply ask them to prove the legitimacy of their position. You might get links to sources which attempt to prove that QAnon is connected to the Trump administration, as though that would be somehow counter the idea that it's a pro-Trump propaganda construct. You might get links to the mountain of cryptic word salads that QAnon has posted and told and told to comb through yourself, but you won't ever get anything resembling an attempt to clearly prove that QAnon is the thing that it puts it purports to be. If you keep pushing, you'll encounter nothing but anger as you run into a wall of cognitive dissonance. This proves that QAnon is not even a proper conspiracy theory, as we've come to understand that term. Conspiracy theories, per definition, consist of some sort of concrete theory. QAnon, like Russiagate, consists of nothing other than something that people desperately want to believe and then seek out excuses which allow them to feel comfortable believing it. This makes it far more akin to a religion or a cult than a conspiracy theory. If QAnon was legitimate, it would be easy for its followers to demonstrate the legitimacy in a clear and simple way. They never can. All right. Three, it made many bogus claims and inaccurate predictions. I'm putting this one on last instead of the first because the appeal of QAnon has very little to do with facts and evidence. If you show these to a Q cultist, they'll typically just say, oh, Q didn't really mean that, or that one that one wasn't real Q, or even disinformation is necessary, a John Bolton doctrine, which QAnon itself has proclaimed on multiple occasions. But for anyone who's kind of on the fence about the whole thing, you should be aware that the QAnon phenomenon has been rife with the demonst demonstrable inaccuracies. Personally, I prefer to focus on the behaviors of the QAnon cultists themselves, since they're the ones interpreting the cryptic word salads and circulating those inter interpretations online. They behave as cheerleaders for their government's most depraved agendas. It doesn't really matter what they are being told to believe to get them to behave that way. Wow. The recent Reddit post on conspiracy theories breaks down many of the bogus claims, inaccurate predictions, and deceitful manipulations that the QAnon constructs have made since its inception. They include claiming in October 2017 that Hillary Clinton had been arrested and to expect mass rioting in response, posting and then deleting a fake Podesta email, posting multiple Photoshop images as though they were real, posting a bogus photo suggesting that the operator of the account was Air Force One and posting bogus codes that are demonstrating nothing other than gibberish. I don't claim to know everything about this QAnon thing or who exactly is behind it, but there are three posts I just outlined in my opinion. Kill all doubt that it's not what it supports to be for anyone looking at them intellectually, honestly, rather than the same way a creationist or a cult member might look at something which challenges their faith in any way. It's not good that a vocal and enthusiastic part of Trump's largely anti-interventionist pro-WikiLeaks base has been propagized into consistently stumping for a long time agendas of the CIA and the Pentagon. Someone's benefiting from this, and it isn't you. 
Okay. Sad to say, man, it's just like uh, a lot of people are not going to break out of this Trump cult. They're not. They're going to keep going. They're going to keep uh, believing the lie. It's the same thing with Obama. People just loved Obama. They worshipped him. Never mind that he was doing things that was counterproductive to society and especially the, for the black community as a whole. They just liked him. Didn't matter what you said. Now information is coming out about the fact that you know, he wants maps to, to have the same rights to adopt kids as uh, same-sex couples, minor attractive persons, pedos. Um, people still want to bat Obama, especially some black people, black Americans, which is pretty sad. The fact that people need to be deceived by their healthy impulses is this way is a good sign. It means we're generally good people with a generally healthy sense of, so, so, sorry, healthy sense of which way to push. If we are intrinsically wicked and unwise, their propaganda wouldn't hook us by telling us to fight tyranny, defend children, and tell the truth. It would hook us using our cowardice, our hatred, and our greed, and our sadism. People are you basically good and propaganda basically good and propagandists use that goodness to trick us i'm sorry but <laughs> uh good people if we were good people if humans were actually good we wouldn't need laws okay i never really trust when people say that you know we're good people humans are not good people otherwise we wouldn't need prisons we wouldn't need a police force we wouldn't need a military humans are not good okay they're not I mean, think about it. I mean, if humans were good, I mean, would you have to, would there be a thing called parenting? No, because a child would automatically out of the womb and grow and, and grow into adult, uh, and from, you know, adolescence into adulthood, knowing right from wrong and knowing to do good. But no, that's why we have to have parenting because children don't know what to do. Even as adults, we need laws to know what to do. Humans are not good, never will be. But goodwill and good intentions aren't good enough, unfortunately. Even intelligence by itself isn't enough to save us from being propagandized. Some fairly intelligent people have fallen for propaganda operations like QAnon and Russiagate. If you want to have a clear perspective on what's really going on in the world, you have got to have an unwavering devotion to knowing what's true that goes right down into your guts. Most people don't have this. Most people do not have truth as a foremost priority. They probably don't think they do. But they don't think they do, but they don't. When it comes right down to it, most people are more invested in finding ways to defend their pre-existing biases than learning what's objectively true. If they got a special hatred for Democrats, the confirmation bias that will give them leave that will give them leave them susceptible to QAnon psyop. If they got a special hatred for Trump, they're susceptible to believing he's controlled by some kind of Russian government conspiracy. There are many, there are any number of directions such biases can carry someone. Okay. Only a humble devotion to truth and is that is willing to sacrifice any worldview or ideology to the uncompromising fire of objective reality can skillfully navigate through the a world that is saturated with disinformation and propaganda. Sincerely, put truth first in all things while doing your best to find out what's actually going on in our world. Eventually you're guaranteed to free yourself from the perceptual distortion. Trump did not successfully combat sex trafficking while he was president of the United States. I thought I was going to die. How Donald Trump's immigration agenda set back the clock on fighting human trafficking. Emma, a human trafficking survivor from China in a hotel room in Gaithersburg. Okay on February 25th, 2020, all right? Articles by Abigail Abrams. Emma remembers most of all the pressure in her chest as she struggled to breathe. For the last hour, she and two other women were packed into a wooden box, one on top of the other like animals for slaughter in the back of a truck and as it crossed the border of Me from Mexico to the United States. Her clothes were soaked with sweat, her legs cramped, from the twisting to fit on top of the women below. 
okay, and her lungs ached with from the weight of the women lying above her. I thought I was going to die, she says, wiping tears. Nearly a year later, that memory still makes her small frame recoil. The 45-year-old never expected to end up trapped in an international human trafficking operation. Just a few weeks earlier, Emma had boarded a flight in Beijing that she thought would lead her to a new life in the U.S. The past few years had become intolerable for her in China. She'd fallen for a business scam, gotten into debt, and became the target of loan sharks She who dumped feces and animal blood at the beauty shop where she worked in Gangsung, China. They threatened her so often that she went into hiding at her sister's house. She applied twice for a tourist visa to the USA, but was rejected. So she took an acquaintance advice and went to an office into the neighboring province of Guadong. There's a man said he could help her. He told her that he could get her a Japanese visa that would allow her to enter Mexico and that people there would then help her across the border to the U.S. and find a job. To Emma, who had a high school education and did not speak English, the deal sounded like her best option, even if the details were sparse and the price was steep. The man was asking 200,000 yen or nearly $30,000. There's nothing worse than the life I'm living, she remembers thinking. As it turned out, there was. After Emma arrived in Mexico in spring 2019, nothing went as she expected. Her terrifying journey in the box in the back of the truck ended in Los Angeles, and later she was transported to Bowling Green, Kentucky, where she was tricked into working at an illicit massage parlor. Soon she was being pressured by her boss to do whatever the customers asked. She paid she paid $10 a day to sleep on the single mattress on the floor in the back room of the parlor and cooked all her meals on a hot plate, constantly monitored by security cameras monitored around the store. Emma could earn tips by servicing clients sexually, but otherwise she received only $20 for the $60 customers paid for her services. $20 of the $60 customers paid for her services. Emma had no one to call for help. She knew nobody in the U.S. was unfamiliar with the immigration system, and she was terrified to stray too far from the massage parlor. Her boss had told her repeatedly that if American police saw her outside in the parlor, she would, they would execute her. You're illegal. You're like an ant, Emma says her boss told her. If you get killed by police, nobody knows who you are anyway. In July 2019, Kentucky investigators raided the massage parlor where Emma was working and living. When they discovered her, she was so traumatized that she could not stop crying. But she answered all the questions local police and Kentucky state investigators asked. And later, she was connected with an organization that helps survivors of human trafficking. Advocates offered her safe housing, counseling, and lawmakers, I'm sorry, and lawyers that would guide her through the steps required to remain legally in the U.S. But more than a year later, Emma is still in limbo. The federal government hasn't processed her application for a special visa meant for human trafficking victims. And in the meantime, she has no legal status, no authorization to work, and must by necessity remain in the margins of society. Because of her vulnerable situation, she asked Time Magazine <clears throat> to be identified as Emma, which is not her real name. Emma's experience has become increasingly common under Donald Trump's, under President Donald Trump, who has put fighting human trafficking among his top priorities. His daughter and White House advisor, Ivanka, made the issue one of her key causes, giving it frequent White House attention. And just this month, the Department of Homeland Security announced it had launched a new center for countering human trafficking to bring together law enforcement officials and staff across the country across the agency to work on human trafficking investigations in January at a White House summit during National Slave and Human Trafficking Prevention Month, Trump championed his administration's work. I have never seen such enthusiasm for a single issue I have for human trafficking, he said. President Donald Trump signs an executive order for combating human trafficking and online child exploitation in the United States at the White House summit on human trafficking on january 31st 2020 counter trafficking lawyers victims advocates and other trump administration officials offer a starkly different perspective they say that by cracking down on all forms of immigration including legal and humanitarian avenues the trump administration has made 
the work of preventing human trafficking more difficult in key and measurable ways. Specific policy changes across a variety of federal agencies, including the Department of Homeland Security, State and Justice, have increased barriers to victim protections, complicated investigations into trafficking networks, and warped Americans' perspectives of what the problem looks like. Those harms counter-trafficking experts says will be hard to reverse, even if Trump's not elected this year. What we'll see is a decade of long, I'm sorry, a decade of lost ground in addressing human trafficking in the United States, says Gene Brigman, executive director of the Freedman, Freedom Network USA, the country's largest coalition of anti-traffic service providers and advocates. We've got at least four years, if not eight, of harmful policies that are making it easier for traffickers push, pushing survivors further into the shadows and causing service providers who are most likely to be able to identify trafficking victims to not to, to not trust the federal agencies. Brugman says she had been used, I'm sorry, she had been used to having good relations with staff across the federal government, but under the Trump administration, she found meetings were often one-sided. She and several other major anti-trafficking groups boycotted the January White House summit on Ultimately, she says, the government has chosen to ignore the needs of survivors and to reward traffickers. Wow. Policy changes exacerbate the trafficking problem. Human trafficking is one of the world's fastest growing criminal industries and one of the most difficult crimes to stop. It unfolds in the shadows preys on victims who are already marginalized by society and takes many um, disparate forms. Polaris, an anti-trafficking group that operates the U.S. National Human Trafficking Hotline, identifies 25 types of trafficking that span a wide range of industries, from restaurant and food services to factories, manufacturing and beauty and illicit massage. Victims are recruited in a variety of ways as well. Most are recruited through intimate partners by family members or by someone promising a job that turns out not to be legitimate, according to the data gleaned from Polaris's help hotline. Emma falls into the third category in nearly three billion a year illicit massage industry. $3 billion a year illicit massage industry where she ended up in one of the largest and most network trafficking markets in the US. There are more than 10,000 illicit massage businesses across the country. According to Hyrick Research and intelligence driven research organization focused on human trafficking. From the outside, these businesses look unremarkable. They're often out in the open in strip malls or on street corners hidden by anodone storefronts. But the sex work or forced labor that happens inside can be difficult for law enforcement to prove. Trafficking cases often include psychological coercion, threats of violence that are not written down, Bergman says. There's not a large paper trail for a lot of this. In Emma's case, her boss trapped her at the massage parlor not with physical shackles, with the fear of deportation or death. She told Emma that if she does not perform sexual acts requested by her, the clients will call the police. Emma re did refuse to engage in many activities, and some clients grew violent, pulling her hair, trying to force her to touch them anyway, or demanding their money back. She, when she complained, Emma's boss suggested to move to another massage location in the area, a tactic that experts say traffickers often use to keep their illegal businesses from being detected. Investigators believe Emma that believe that Emma's boss was involved with multiple illicit massage parlors and was part of a larger trafficking network. Investigators, the investigation is ongoing. For years, law enforcement officials nationwide have touted raids on illicit spas and massage parlors as part of the state and federal government efforts to crack down on trafficking. The issue received renewed attention in February 2019 when Robert Kraft, the New England Patriots owner and Trump ally, was allegedly charged with paying for sex acts at a spa in Jupiter, Florida. But the charges against him were dropped this fall, an outcome that experts say is not, not uncommon. Raiding an illicit massage parlor is one of these is one thing. Successfully prosecuting wealthy people who who patronize the parlors, or even more crucially, the organization who facilitate the trafficking is the real challenge. Overcoming the challenge often means that law enforcement officials must recruit the help of victims themselves. 
In many cases, only victims can identify the somewhat vast roster of traffickers, including, for example, massage parlor managers, owners, and the team of drivers and coordinators who transport workers between locations. Law enforcement really depends on survivors being able to tell them what happened and explain where it happened and when it happened. Bergman says then they can find evidence to collaborate all of that. But convincing victims to cooperate with police or investigators is difficult. When police find potential victims, they are often terrified of law enforcement officials. That's particularly true in instances where police are also charging the victims with other crimes like prostitution or entering the country legally. Even in cases with where victims want to cooperate, they're often psychologically traumatized, so it can take time for them to remember all the details, what happened to them, experts say. If you get killed by the police, nobody knows who you are anyway, Emma says her boss told her repeatedly. Gabrielle Demschek, for time, in 2000, Congress passed the Trafficking Victims Protection Act, TVPA, the signature federal federal legis legislation on human trafficking in part to address precisely this issue one of the law's key features was that it established a framework for protection prosecution and prevention the understanding that is that law enforcement must protect and collaborate with survivors rather than in prison or prosecute them in order to prevent future trafficking the t visa which was created by the tvpa was crucial tool in the effort. It allowed non-citizen trafficking victims who were assisting law enforcement with an investigation to remain in the U.S. for a period of time with work authorization and benefits. In the years before the Trafficking Victims Protection Act was passed, trafficking clients, if I encountered them, they'd fall throughout the cracks, says Kathleen Kim, a professor at Lola Law School in Los Angeles and an expert on human trafficking. There was no specific social safety network. There was no infrastructure to keep them afloat while advocates were working on behalf to gain protection and benefits for them for, from the government. The T visa also enables lawyers and advocates to help survivors transition to more stable environments where they are, are less vulnerable to further exploitation. These efforts to encourage human trafficking victims to cooperate with local, state, and federal law enforcement officials have been complicated by Trump's immigration agenda. In November of 2018, the Trump administration announced that people denied a T visa may be issued a notice to appear to, in immigration court beginning deportation proceedings. The move had an immediate chilling effect on human trafficking victims, willingness to help police, lawyers, and advocates say, Trump, wow. At the same time, the administration made actual applying for or receiving a T visa even harder. Fee waivers on supplemental documents that used to be approved are now routinely denied and applications are now educated more strictly, multiple, multiple anti-trafficking experts and victims, lawyers say. For example, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services now frequently request further evidence that a person was indeed trafficked or that their trafficking history is the reason they are still in the U.S. producing that kind of documentation can be nearly impossible for real human trafficking victims. Human trafficking experts say Emma, for instance, has no written contract spelling out the intentions of the man at the Glendong office or with the man who put her in the box in Mexico. When she arrived in Kentucky, she was paid in cash. The order she received from her boss was verbal. Daniel Hetledge, the USCIS spokesperson, denied the requirements, eligibility criteria, or education process for the T visa program had changed. USCIS remains committed to protecting the integrity of our immigration laws and ensuring that they are faithfully executed. He said in a statement, adding that those denied T visas may appeal adverse decisions. Advocates say the proof is in the numbers. The processing time for T visas has grown from an average of 7.9 months in 2016 to currently estimate to 2.4 years. The US now has the largest backlog of pending T visa applications and the largest number of denials in the program's history, as well as the lower number of approvals and 
decade, according to the USCIS. Okay, this is where I'll stop for now, okay? Tune in for more later, okay? Don't forget to check out my uh, Rumble channel, Radical Thoughts 791, and also my YouTube channel, All Talk Radio Live in 4K. <sighs> Trump is not who he says he is. He's more of a villain than he will ever be a hero. <laughs> 